You're listening to a special episode of the Everything Life Coaching Podcast, Coaching Mastery with Noelle Cordo, CEO of Lumia. Explore transformative coaching concepts, tried and true methodologies, and powerful insights from the front lines of the professional coaching field. Whether you're an established coach seeking fresh perspectives or looking to begin your coach training education, welcome to your one-stop resource for all things life coaching. This is Coaching Mastery. How to do a client consult. So this is a, a, an important topic in coaching because obviously before we work with a client, we need to speak to that human and make sure that all of the different parts of what we're doing are clearly understood by all parties involved. And there may be more than two parties involved. So that is something to think about up front. When we're when we're doing a, a client intake, it can be daunting. And these are the, the two squares that we want to address with this topic are what are the client expectations and what are the coach expectations. Typically, when a client is coming into the space of coaching, it is for one reason or another because they have not been able to get out of their own way, that they have woken up one morning and said, you know what, this thing that I've always wanted to do or undo or accomplish or get in front of or behind, I'm ready to do it. So that client has a specific goal set that is an unmet need that needs to be satisfied and coaches wish to be of service. So what do we need to unpack against a client coming in and saying, you know what, I'm finally ready. And that is the very real fact that when we're chosen by a client, it gives us validation. It gives us a moment of saying, oh, I'm doing my job well. Someone has chosen to work with me as a coach. I can do this. I can build my career. I can build my practice. It validates our work and our worth. And the thing that we have to know about that is that not every coach and not every client are right for each other. So up front, we want to acknowledge and get in front of as coaches, the fact that when somebody says, I want to work with you, Dopamine is going to course through our body and we're going to feel like a hundred bucks. Um, and that might be a hundred dollar bill that we need to put to the side, but I want to validate that experience. I want to validate that emotional ex experience so that we can take a look at it and examine it. So this is true. Um, if a coach and client are not a good fit for each other, this is not good for anyone. And there are a lot of different reasons why a coach and client might not be a good fit for each other. And this is one of the things that really gets unpacked during a client consult is we're having this conversation with our prospective client. Um, coaching is a human relationship. And I, I think it's, it's, it's really similar to dating. When you go on a, a first date, you know, kind of right off the bat, do I like this person or am I running screaming for the hills right now? If you have that experience during a client consult where you're like, I don't think this feels good, um, it might not be a good fit. There might be some sort of a blocker right out of the gate. And 
when there's a deep, intimate partnership, such as coaching, which is required for two people, coach and client, to come together to strategize on what the client needs to accomplish, that coach needs to be all in. And the coach needs to be all in because your job as a coach is to believe in your client more than they believe in themselves. Your job as a coach is to champion their goals. Your job as a coach is to say, everything that you want to accomplish is good, valid, and worthy. You are whole and capable. And I believe that wholeheartedly with my whole heart. So if you're not getting that feeling from a client consult off the bat, we need to work with that a little bit. So there are a couple of things to look at when we're sourcing a coaching relationship. Step one, we want to make sure that the client is in the right place. And what do I mean by making sure that the client is in the right place? Is that the client is actually looking for a coach to fulfill a coaching engagement and that they don't have it confused with some other modality. Right? That they don't have it confused with some other modality. There is a trope out there. It is a trope of the life coach who will purport that their life is amazing, that they have their shit together, that they have, you know, their vacation home on an island, that they make a million figures a month and come to me and I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you how to run your life. That is not what coaching is. And so, for example, If a client comes into the space of coaching and says, you seem like you're a pretty sweet human out there in the world, just tell me what to do. That's your first clue that this client doesn't actually know what coaching is and needs a little bit of client education around what coaching is, what goal accomplishment is, what a strategic partnership is, what strategic facilitation actually looks like in the context of a coaching engagement. Um, And it's important to know that folks come to coaches in error all the time. This doesn't make them bad people. This doesn't make you a bad coach. It just is a really excellent point of clarification. The ICF recommends a sit-down pre-contracting with the client to explain the differences between coaching and other modalities, um, like mentoring. A mentor tells someone what to do based on their own lived experience. A consultant tells someone based what to do based on their professional expertise. A therapist treats disorder and illness. A friend shows up as a friend. All of those modalities often get confused for coaching when somebody's a little bit unfamiliar with the discipline and how it works. So there's an opportunity for you as a coach to start practicing how to talk about all of these different things. What's the difference between coaching and mentorship? Pouring knowledge in versus pulling knowledge out. What's the difference between coaching and consulting? Again, pouring knowledge in versus pulling knowledge out. Coaching is not friendship and coaching is not medical treatment, nor is it a replacement for medical treatment. I've been saying these things out loud for about 12 years. And so I'm very good at saying them out loud at this point in time. And the part that requires practice from coaches is the saying it out loud part. It'll feel rusty at first, and then you'll get the hang of it. Another piece that needs to be considered here is how you work as a coach. You know, 
are there any specific techniques that you use? So for example, one of the techniques that you'll learn about within the Lumia program is the 5D cycle. That's a really specific cycle with five different steps that works folks through a specific process according to the tenets of appreciative inquiry. That's hella specific. So if that's how you work and that's your process as a coach, you need to let someone know pre-contracting, this is how I work. I use the 5D process and this is what you can expect. These are the five steps that we will work through during our time together so that you can accomplish this goal set. The 5D process isn't for everyone. Folks might say, ooh, I don't want to do that. And that's a really great reason not to take that client on if they're not in alignment with the process that you run. So as you're talking about yourself, how you work uh, and what techniques you use, what you're looking for is understanding and buy-in from your client of, yeah, I do want to go through this process of discovery and exploration and strategic inquiry and goal accomplishment with you. Um, and you're looking for excitement about that process. And you're also vetting the client for genuine awareness of what coaching is and readiness to proceed on the path. Number two, um, is the thing the client wants to achieve coachable? Is the thing that the client wants to achieve coachable? Another way to look at this is can impact be created through coaching based on where the client is and where the client wants to go? Sometimes people talk in metaphors, right? So that's another uh, area to be aware of is, is your intake space. You know, what does the client expect to happen? as a result of coaching? And what as a coach do you expect from your client, right? Um, there are a couple things to unpack here. So I want to give three really broad examples with a caveat that I'm not going to be able to encompass every single possible scenario um, that could take place in an intake call, but I want to give you some, some broad things to think about. So someone comes into the space of coaching and they say, I'm, I've suffered from depression for years and I haven't been able to get anywhere with a therapist and I need a different kind of treatment. So things that you might have noticed there is that someone is looking to replace a medical modality treatment with coaching. That's a no-go because as coaches, we do not treat depression. Uh, and if someone has been able to get nowhere with a therapist, they're looking for another modality that's not goal accomplishment, right? They're looking to treat a medical issue. The client came in and said, and I want to deal with the experience of depression. That's not a goal set. That's an experience of depression. And here's another one that's a little bit of a curveball. Um, when a client comes in and says, I just want to be happy. I'm, I don't know um, what my purpose in life is. Don't know where I want to go. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to get there. Right? That's coachable. Happiness is a goal state. Figuring out who you are and what you want to do in the world is a goal state. That's actually a really beautiful space within to work with a client is to try on different ways of being, to try on who I might become, and to experiment towards it until we start to have a future vision that's unfolding. 
right? Um, another client might come in and say, um, I, I want to build a rocket and I want to go to Mars. Is that technically coachable? Yeah, that is technically coachable. But do you, what does the client expect to, to really happen? And, and what do you as a, a coach expect to really happen? I might want to poke around there and see, is that a metaphor for something? Or do you really literally actually want to build a, a rocket and, and go to Mars? Um, and if is that in your wheelhouse as a coach? Can the techniques and strategy that you run as a coach, do can you support a client in building a rocket and in going to Mars? Um, I could probably support a client in, in, in building a rocket. I don't know if I'd be able to support the second part. So that's for you to think about as a coach because, you know, things can be built, right? People have resources. Um, so we need to do a little bit of a deep dive, deep dive on that one. All right. So once you feel clear that client coming in, I know what they want to do. I know where they want to go. They're clear that what coaching is, is this partnership where we're going to team up together and I'm going to support you and I'm going to be with you through thick and thin as you move from point A to point B. And we're clear that I'm not telling you what to do. And we're clear that I'm, I'm not going to solve your problems for you. And we're clear that you client are, are doing the work. Um, so once we're here, the client needs to understand the rules of coaching. And this happens before you ever sign a contract. Coaching is not a privileged discipline. Privileged disciplines are things like working with a lawyer, where there's client privilege around confidentiality, working with a doctor or a therapist where your medical records are protected. When you are working with a coach, again, this is a strategic product. Partnership. Your job is strategic facilitation. This is not a privileged relationship. If you were ever subpoenaed for records, you would have to turn those over. If you were ever asked to testify about what your client is up to, building that rocket to Mars, you would have to testify. And your clients need to know that up front, that their um, choice to share with you will not be protected if push comes to shove in a legal situation. Your clients also need to know that if there is um, anything that you discern from conversations like a threat to the self or others or illegal activity, um, you would need to um, break confidentiality and, and disclose what they've told you. And this is, aside from confidentiality, this is a great time to check in and set expectations with your clients around boundaries for communicating and working with the client. So some things to think about here for you as coaches is, um, is it cool with you if your clients text you in between sessions? Is that okay with you? If that's okay with you, how about Facebook Messenger? How about Instagram? Email's pretty standard. Um, and then if you're wondering, well, I don't know if all of those things are okay. Imagine what it would be like for you if your client started hitting you up via email, text, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, because they needed to get a hold of you now at 11 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. Is that okay with you? Do you want that level of communication with a client? Everyone works differently. If your client 
gives you a hard time about respecting your boundaries during the consultation check-in, that's a pretty good indicator for you that this might not be a good fit for coach and client. Um, When I run sessions with my clients, I only work by phone. I'll repeat that. I know well only work by phone when I am in session with a client. And the reason for that is because I don't want to be distracted by what someone else looks like or um, or what I look like or how they perceive me as a human. There are times when I work with a client for years and I have no idea what this person looks like because we only communicate by phone. And for the work that I do, um, it allows a layer of invisibility and intimacy that somebody can really tell me whatever they need to tell me about their lives. And I, I, I hear them and experience them as a whole person. Um, I have had encounters with clients um, where folks have demanded, uh, well, I want a Zoom session or I want a video session. And that's not how I work. So if someone can't respect that boundary, we're not going to be a good fit as coach and client. Um, do you like this person is another great question to ask. And can you fall in love with them? Um, the word love typically holds a romantic connotation, but the neurobiological definition of love is an agreed upon micro moment of mutual care. An agreed upon moment of mutual care. So how do you feel about entering a relationship where there is mutual care? Part of the ICF code of ethics and part of the standards of coaching is that we hold our clients' best interest at heart, that we really seek to care for them and honor them as a whole person, that we care about their whole lives, that we care about the stakeholders in their lives, that we care about the health of their whole lives. And if you're sitting there in a client consult and you're like, I I think I hate this person, um, that's not going to be a good fit for you as coach and client. And it's really important to acknowledge that personality conflicts do come up and you don't have to tell someone that, but it's, it's, it's good to acknowledge to yourself. Um, And another piece that I might bring to the fore is that not every coach is a fit for a client based on the value system that you hold personally, as a coach, and what the client is that they want to, re- to achieve. Um, we're human. Coaches are human. We, we go through our own journey. We've had upsets and traumas. We've had bad things that have happened to us. We've had painful things that have happened to us. And it's not um, permanent, but as you'll learn when you go through unconscious bias training, uh, these things stick with you. And sometimes you can't give the person in front of you a fair shake. Let me give you a couple of examples related to relationships. Um, I'm a divorced human. And when I was newly divorced, I was working as a coach. And that experience was really, really painful for me. And, And also coaching somebody else on divorce it was too fresh for me. And so I kept having 
impulses when somebody would talk about a divorce or wanting divorce to share my own story. And that was coming out of me um, not to serve the client or contribute to the coaching conversation was because I had a need to still process what, what had happened to me and what was going on for me. So that's one example um, of, of a relational thing that happened to me, totally random, that got in the way of who I could work with as a coach. And finally, um, a place to be aware of with our, our consult is our own worth. That we know who we are as coaches. Um, we know what we want to uh, make <laughs> as far as our wages go. And if someone isn't a good fit on this front where you say what your hourly rate is and somebody's like, well, I'm not paying that. Um, that is not an indicator that you are worth any less or, or your process is any less valuable. You've simply not found the right client fit around that particular arena. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it. <laughs>